On this episode of College on Fleek, we're going to talk about something that could literally save your life. It's pretty serious, but it's really important, so stay tuned. Hey, it's time to stop procrastinating, get your S2G, and crush it in college. I'm Mary Dittman. This is College on Fleek. professor on the collegiate level and the creator of Wonderful Life and College on Fleek. In this episode of College on Fleek, we're going to talk about what you need to do to stay safe as a college student. But before we get into that, we're going to take a motivation minute. One of the things that I have found really helps me is to use that five minutes. Sometimes I will literally only have five minutes before I either have to be in a class or I have a meeting or I have a phone call that I need to make. And so of course I could spend five minutes on social media, but that's not gonna do anything to help me. But a lot of times what I'll do is I'll look through my tasks and I'll see is there anything I could do in five minutes or that I could at least just get started for five minutes. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll say, look, I'm gonna just as a game, I'm gonna see if I could clean out this one drawer, not my entire desk, that would be impossible, but just this one drawer, could I clean it out in five minutes? Maybe for you, you might say, hey, could I clean out my wallet in five minutes? Or could I clean out this one part of my book bag or my backpack? But find five minutes, use that five minutes, and you can make it a game and see how much can I get done? How many flashcards could I make? Uh, could I? make an appointment with a professor, could I email uh, the writing center and schedule an appointment? Use that five minutes because you'd be amazed how much you can get done in just five minutes. In every episode, we like to give you a study hack or a success hack. Of course, the biggest study hack of all time is to go to collegeonfleet.com and get the Study Smart Toolkit. It's free. That's the three-step system that I created to help myself because I had terrible test anxiety in college and actually in high school and graduate school as well. And when I started teaching, I realized a lot of my students struggle with test anxiety as well. And this has helped hundreds of students over the years. So go to collegeonfleek.com, get the Study Smart Toolkit. A lot of times my students say, Professor Dittman, can I stop by your office and you teach me how to study? Well, here you go. This is me being in the palm of your hand 24 seven. You have lifetime access. You can watch it over and over again as many times as you want to. It's a video tutorial where I'm sitting down and I'm showing you step by step how to study and it works. I've literally seen my students go from D's and F's to A's and B's on the very next test. Now. I'm not a magician, I can't guarantee results. I can just tell you what I've seen with my own eyes, which is students who use the techniques that I teach in the Study Smart Toolkit, their grades go up, period. So go to collegeonfleek.com and get that Study Smart Toolkit. All right, now here's a success hack and you're not gonna like it. Try to get up early. I understand when you're in college, if you have a job that requires you to work until say 11, p.m., 12 a.m., 1 a.m., it's not really feasible for you to go to bed at two or three o'clock in the morning and get up early. And you do need to make sure you're getting seven to nine hours of sleep. Other than having a job that requires that, 
you're going to feel more alert if you will get up earlier. So that means you got to go to bed earlier. Now, when I was in college, I didn't do this, okay? I would stay up all the time studying or doing whatever. And for a while, I got in, I fell in with a group of Japanese exchange students and they would study until 4 a.m. Their grades were all really good. So I started studying with them. And um, the problem was I had 8.30 classes. So I would finish with them at about 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I'd go back to my dorm room. I'd hit the sack for a few hours, but see, I had to work after class. So I'd have to get up, shower, makeup, hair, get dressed, and get to class. And I'm gonna tell you something. I did that for several months with them, and I, I about had a nervous breakdown, literally. I got to the point where I was calling my mom like every day and, and just falling apart. She finally told me one day, she said, let me tell you something. Your dad has said, you call here again, upset like this, and we are coming out there. I was in Reno, Nevada, my parents were in Florida. She said, your father said, we're coming out there, we're packing you up and we're bringing you home and you'll go to school here and live at home. And I was like, ugh. And she said, you, you need to get it together. And it was around that time, I remember I was in the bathroom at the dorm and I was washing my hands and I looked up at myself in the mirror and I almost didn't recognize myself. I looked awful. Of course, you know, those fluorescent lights in the dorm bathroom weren't helping, but I was exhausted. I looked terrible. I felt terrible. My grades were terrible. I wouldn't get enough rest. And I, by nature, am more of a morning person, but I find even now that if I get up before 6 a.m., I'm sharp, I'm alert, I'm, I get things done. Now, like I said, that may not be feasible for you if you have a work schedule that doesn't allow for that. And I'm not saying that you have to do this every day, but you know, maybe try to limit your sleeping in to just Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday through Friday, if possible, See if you can get up early. Now, that means you have to go to bed early, so you're gonna have to maybe make some changes. But I'm just telling you, it'll make a difference in your focus and your energy. Okay, now let's get into today's content. And this is a subject that I talk about sometimes. I'm filming this during summer vacation. And so it really doesn't matter if you're watching this on a break or while you're at school. I want to talk about your safety. And I'm going to be talking a lot about safety for the females, but males, this is going to relate to you as well. And even if you don't think it's relevant for you, you may want to get this information to a sister or a female friend. I can't tell you over the years how many students I've had that have been victims of some type of crime. Girls who have been sexually assaulted at a party date rapes. Um, I've had students who have literally been roofied, who didn't know they were roofied. They came and talked to me and I was like, girl, I think you've been roofied. Um, I had a male one time who was sexually assaulted by another male. They had both been at a party and my student, actually they were both my students. The one was passed out drunk and he woke up in the middle of the assault. So I, it's not just females that need to be aware. And I live in South Carolina. I teach at Francis Marion University and a little bit more than an hour away is the University of South Carolina. Um, just a couple of months ago from the time of this filming, 
um, a USC student was murdered because she mistakenly got into a car that she thought was her Uber. And the driver of the car took her to a secluded area while he stabbed her to death and dropped her body in the woods. So I wanna talk about safety in this video. It's not a pleasant subject, but that's why we have to discuss it. Many of us were raised, and especially as females, were raised to like, well, give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, well, you know, just kind of give them a chance. And I'm gonna tell you, no, no. Do not give a stranger the benefit of the doubt. It's estimated that up to 20% of the population has some type of deep-rooted personality disorder. I don't mean they're a douchebag. I mean they have a personality disorder like they're a sociopath, they're a psychopath, they have borderline personality disorder, there's some other type of disorder. Now, not all of those are violent, but listen, a psychopath, a lot of times we think, well, well, I'll know if someone's a psychopath. No, you won't. That's the whole problem because a psychopath is usually very charming and very outgoing and smooth talking and they are a master at gaining your confidence and your trust early on. And so the best advice that I can give you is do not just give someone the benefit of the doubt or blindly trust someone that you don't know. And that's my first bit of advice is don't assume that a stranger is harmless. You're really better off assuming that they're dangerous. Now, I'm not telling you you don't need to walk around scared all the time, okay? That's, that's not the point of this. One thing Dr. Phil says is whenever he goes into a room or a restaurant or anything, he, he does a quick scan. Even during his show, he does a quick scan of the audience and he makes a note of who's the most likely to be the most unstable person in the room, and he's just aware of them. And I would, I would encourage you to do that anywhere you are, whether it's a party, a restaurant, your workplace, a classroom. Again, just at the time that I'm filming this, just yesterday, there was a school shooting. Uh, one person is dead, eight are injured, and just last week there was another one. You can't trust everyone in your own classroom. And again, I'm not trying to scare you into paralysis, you can help yourself protect yourself. You are your first line of defense. So you want to make a survey of you know who's around. Listen, Ted Bundy, who was a serial killer in Florida, way back before any of y'all were born, he was very charming and he would keep a bunch of props in the trunk of his car. He had like crutches and a cast he would put on his arm and he was good looking and so, you know, he'd be at the beach and he would see some young woman and he'd say, you know, hey, listen, he might have a cast on his arm and he'd be like, listen, I'm trying to get my Hobie cat, my catamaran out of the water and I'm, I'm like, I can't do it one-handed. It's, could you come, could you help me just drag it out of the water? I, I'd really, you know, I just really could use your help. Well, he was so good looking and so charming and here he had this cast on his arm. Of course, most women were like, oh, he's so cute. It you know, could be my soulmate, it was meant to be. And how could he hurt me with a cast on his arm? And all he had to do was get him back behind one sand dune and that was it. And that's how he was able to murder many young women. So you don't ever want to assume that somebody is harmless. Now, a lot of times, men and women, okay? You're, you'll get this real quick little gut check of like, I, I don't like this, something's wrong. 
And most of the time we'll, we'll talk ourselves out of it. Go, no, come on, I'm just being, uh-uh. When you get that little, like, something's wrong, I don't like this, it doesn't sound right, you get out of there. You say, no, I, no, I'm sorry, I can't help you, and you get out, okay? Because think about it like this. If I ask you for help and you tell me yes and you're wrong, you could be dead. If you tell me no and you're wrong, okay, I just think you're a jerk, all right? Big deal. Don't assume people are harmless. Number two, always be aware of your environment, okay? Always be aware of what's going on around you. Like I said about Dr. Phil, you know, he looks, when he goes into a restaurant, one of the things he says, he just looks, where are the exits? And in this day and age, I'm sorry to tell you, we have to do that, and I do that now too. Most of the time when I'm in a restaurant meeting a friend, I make sure I get there early and I sit where I can see the entrance and I understand where all the exits are. Now you might say, well, you're being paranoid. No, I'm just prepared, okay? And then I can relax. I do the same thing in the room where I go to practice yoga at the gym. There's a particular spot I like to be at. That way I can always see the door and who's coming in and I know exactly where the other exit is and I can get to it. Now, that doesn't make me a negative person. That means then I can, I can relax, okay? I don't have to worry about what if something happens. I know what I'm gonna do if something happens. Number three, you need to be vigilant, okay? You've got to pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on. Keep your ears open. Don't have your face in your phone all the time. You've got to be aware of what's happening in your surroundings. When I was in college, Listen, I did all kind of stupid stuff, okay? I mean, my friends and I, of course, we would drink, we would go to parties, we would... I mean, I went to school in Reno, Nevada, at the University of Nevada, and we'd be at parties, we'd go to casinos, we... I mean, I just made so many bad decisions. And some of those things I look back on, and it's like, for real, a miracle that I didn't get hurt. You might say, well, see, you did stupid stuff and you turned out okay. Let me tell you something, it was a different time, okay? Things are different now. There are more people who are on drugs. There are more people who are suffering with mental issues, uh, with the personality disorders that I mentioned earlier. There's just more of that than there used to be. I think that there's more anger in our society now than there was back then. I mean, I'm gonna just tell you, you know, I'm not proud of this and I don't, I don't recommend this. But when I was in college, you know, I got pulled over once or twice and I was drunk driving. But you know, at that time, a lot of times the police officers were like, you know, they don't wanna to have to haul some college kid down to the drunk tank. They're like, where, where are you going? I'm like, my apartment's right up there. Like, just, just go, you know, just go home, get out, get off the road. You know, that was before all this zero tolerance stuff, you know, so, I, and I don't recommend it. Things do not go well when you drive drunk. I'm just trying to say it was a different time, okay? But today, we have to be more vigilant. You cannot just assume that things are gonna be all right. You've got to know what's going on around you. And I understand that a big part of college is you're out there, you know, with no supervision, your parents aren't there, you're going to parties, you know, you're experimenting with things that maybe you didn't do when you were in high school. There might be drinking, there might be drugs. Um, 
and I, I'm not, those are not good and they're not healthy for you, but that's what you might be doing. Unfortunately, when you're in those situations, you're not gonna have the ability to assess your environment. Now, I am not saying that just because you have a beer or two that you deserve something to happen to you. That's not what I'm saying. Remember though, your first line of defense is you. However, if you're going to be at a party or you're going to be out somewhere, get your friends to look out for you, okay? Now, I don't, I'm not talking about this guy that you know from your math class that y'all are gonna go out together and you don't really know him. Go back to what I said about don't assume he's got your best interest in mind. I'm talking about someone you know and trust. So if you're gonna be at a party together, somebody in your little crew needs to say, okay, I won't drink or I won't do any drugs and you keep an eye on your friends. You know, make sure you know where people are. And then just some little basic things. If you're at a party, you keep your drink with you at all times. Ladies, if you go to the restroom, guys too, frankly, you take your drink with you. If you decide to leave your drink, that's it, you're done. You throw that drink away, get a fresh one. Don't ever let anyone bring you the drink. You go to the bar, you order the drink yourself, unless it's a very good friend and you trust that person, you get your own drink because it doesn't take that much for someone to roofie you. And listen, I've had friends even now as a working adult professional, I've seen my girlfriends get roofied. It's crazy and it's real. So you don't ever leave your drink unattended. Don't ever go anywhere with somebody. Don't ever get in the car with somebody that you don't know, I mean very well, that you know you can trust them literally with your life. This young lady that the USC student that got into the car she thought was an Uber, um, certainly not saying that she deserved anything that happened to her, but there are some things that could have prevented this. Um, I don't know if she was drinking or not. Um, she may have been because she was at a bar, okay? But I mean, I go to bars today and I don't drink, so that, that's not a given. But one of the things that the police report said was she was distracted by her cell phone. The surveillance video shows she was distracted and on her phone when this car pulled up that she assumed was her, her Uber. And so she didn't check to see, was it the Uber driver? Did it have the little sticker anywhere? And again, I'm not saying that she deserved anything that happened and I feel horrible for her parents, but again, your first line of defense is yourself. You've got to be clear so that when a car pulls up, you can look and say, now, wait a minute, um, is this the correct car? Is this my Uber? Let me see if they have a sticker somewhere. And again, if you got that little check of, I don't think this is right, you have to follow through on that, which you can't do any of that if you're impaired. But if you are impaired, you need to have a friend with you who can at least verify yeah, okay, this is your ride. And again, in the case of this USC student, she was separated from her friends. So see, this made it real hard for her. You don't wanna get separated from your pack. You gotta stay with your crew or stay with a buddy. And again, one of you has to be coherent, sober, and not impaired in any way. And listen, this is difficult subject matter and none of us wants to think about it. And we don't always wanna talk about these things, but we have got to. When I was just out of college and already working, I went to a seminar put on by a retired police officer and he was talking about not how do you prevent being a crime victim, but what do you do? 
What do you do? Like you're in the parking lot, guy approaches you with a gun and says, give me your purse or give me your keys or get in the car. Like, what do you do then? And it was one of the best pieces of information that I've ever received. It was a fantastic seminar. And I really encourage you, if you're in college still, which you probably are if you're watching College on Fleek, this is a fantastic event to put together for your university. If you're in a social organization of any kind, a fraternity, a sorority, any type of social group, maybe you're on your university's um, activities board, or it would just be a great suggestion, is to host an event and bring in law enforcement or even retired law enforcement who can talk about how do you prevent being a victim, but let's say you're in the crime scene, what do you do? Somebody walks up to you on campus with a gun, what do you do? Or how to deal with an active shooter. And you can contact your local law enforcement, I promise you, they would be delighted to send an officer or a retired officer to talk about these things. Because listen, they don't want to have to notify somebody's parents. They don't want to have to come see you in the hospital and take a statement. So this is a fantastic activity that you could coordinate for your college. Now, College on Fleek is a dialogue, not a monologue, and we wanna hear from you. And what I really wanna know from you is, are you gonna get up early? Are you even willing to think about getting up early, even just one day a week? Put that in the comments. We always wanna hear from you and know what kind of information you'd like to hear more about, and you can always connect with us at collegeonfleek.com. And we'll see you next time right here on College on Fleek.